So any uh, questions or reflections on the talk last night or the instructions this morning? Yes. Mm. Yeah, great question. Thank you. So I'll also say um, that this sutta has a lot... Oh, repeat the question. Yes, thank you. Um, so the question is... Um, to go back to the, to the sutta, to the Anapanasati sutta, and read uh, those last couple of lines again, and then explain again um, how those lines um, kind of explain my interpretation of them, basically, uh, or how the, they, they relate to, to the practice that we've been exploring this morning. Um, and the first thing I'll say, I mentioned, this is a very, very... Um, important sutta in the insight tradition and it's got many interpretations so this may be part of what's confusing i, I just want to say that yeah because uh, it has many many interpretations do you want me to answer or do you want to have a go read it. i'm going to read it i'm curious to see what you'll say <laughs> if you like as you like I mean, I, I think I remember it, but I'll read it anyway in case I make a ex- um, mistake. So it's it's the it's um, so this is obviously also only part of the sutta, um, and I, I'm going to read um, the 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 last two parts that I read before, um, which is she trains herself. I will breathe in, sensitive to the whole body. And she trains herself, I will breathe out, sensitive to the whole body. And then she trains herself, I will breathe in, calming bodily fabrication. And I will breathe out, calming bodily fabrication. You want to go? You want me to go first? Yeah, so maybe if we, if we take a simple example of bodily fabrication... That can that might might be helpful. Um, so, say um, a, a, a discomfort in the body. That's often quite easy to to to, to see. Um, there might be pain somewhere, like the knee. Yeah. So the knee's painful. Now that is a bodily fabrication. What does fabrication mean? And I didn't say that bit. <laughs> um, fabrication means something that's put together. Fabricated as made up of parts, made up of different elements, yeah. put together, made up of. Our tendency, yeah, our habit is to see that pain, that knee, that knee as something, and the pain in the knee as a something. Yeah. Actually, it's made up of different components, right? So we can see that, we can contemplate that as a as an understanding of fabrication. Now, what does it mean? So breathing in sensitive to the whole body, that can be one interesting thing to see because um, often two things happen. There's a pain in the knee that um, fixating happens. Yeah? So I only notice the, the, the pain and the knee out of the whole body. That becomes the only thing that's real, that's present. Um, sensitive to the whole body, we can interpret, I interpret as kind of having a sense of the wholeness of the body and also bringing a sensitivity, which then allows the second part, which is the calming. Yeah, so a sensitivity uh, in, in the meeting, in the contact. Yeah. 
And then the calming the bodily fabrication is, um, again, if we look at that experience, it can take different forms, but we might, the way we did today, breathe around that yeah, and invite, I just, uh, it, it won't necessarily go away, it might, but it just kind of calms because as we're breathing in or with or around that bodily fabrication of the pain, um, we are uh, lessening our reactivity to it. And the reactivity is part of what is creating that pain experience. So that's one thing that might we might do, yeah? Just with the breath. So breathing in, calming bodily fabrication, breathing out, calming bodily fabrication. I see you nodding. Does that, does that bring more questions? I think in this case, I mean, we can go, i uh, repeat the question again, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so the, the kind of, the, the possibilities, yeah, that, that uh, you're pointing to, that we could look at this in different, from different perspectives, different angles, and different degree of detail, and different degree of knowledge also, right? So we could, and I did mention it, you weren't confused, just, I did say, you know, the mind and the body, they we can say fabricate each other, they're mutually fabricating, yeah? Uh, I, did say, I didn't say it like that, but I did say that. So you're wondering, is the, um, you know, that your initial kind of confusion uh, or understanding was the bringing the, the sense of, oh, how is the experience being fabricated through the, through the mind right now? Uh, whereas the example I just gave was much more, um, how do we work through the breath with the fabricated experience, any of our experiences, um, and and kind of uh, we can say unfabricate it a little bit <laughs> through that, yeah, or change the fabrication a little bit through that. Um, and I think you know also what you're saying, just to say it's mutually, it, it's there, and that knowledge can support that practice, but also that practice is leading us to an experiential understanding of what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I, I did say it, I just said, ah, part of what, what's happening, why is the breath supporting, you know, the, the different experience of pain? Because we're changing the relationship, yeah? And so if we're changing the relationship or we're changing what we're paying attention to, right? These are two kind of possibilities, then the experience will change. And what does that lead? That leads to the insight of, ah, you know, the mind matters, the mind impacts the body um, experience. Um, but we're not necessarily in this practice trying to dissect kind of all the, all the components and what's real and what does real mean. Yeah? Anything to say? Only if you want to. Thanks. Um, yeah, so kind of probably the, the simplest thing to say is that dukkha is a, is a built-up experience. Yeah, we can kind of see that. It's, like it's more built-up than a peaceful experience and kind of happiness, peacefulness, kind of working on that kind of spectrum. So we could say, can the, what the Buddha's describing this practitioner is doing is 
Ah, through the way she's breathing, she's easing the heart, mind, and body into a more peaceful condition, calming through bodily fabrication. And one of the bodily fabrications, or the main one actually, that's kind of indicated. So, what do you mean by bodily fabrication? And it says in the Susans, you know, breath is is a bodily fabrication because it's fabricated through the body. Can you breathe in a way which is lowering the bodily fabrication? So the way the body fabricates experience. We could take other pathways, and there's like three types of fabrication talked about. One is bodily fabrication. Another one would be like verbal fabrication. So you could say like meta meditation, like we did yesterday, that guided meta, bringing phrases to mind. is a kind of verbal fabrication of experience. And that also reduces dukkha through the verbal fabrication, the patterns of thinking, the tone of voice, all of that kind of thing, that fabricates experience. And then the third one, often called mental fabrication, but I think it's easier for us to to get a hold of it. I call it attentional fabrication. The way we're paying attention, the intention behind that attention, the way we're relating to our experience, all of that, the understandings that we have about experience to say, like, oh, we see that it's a Nietzsche, we see that it's inconstant. So those kind of ways come through that way of relating to it that way. So, but the simple thing, dukkha is a more built-up experience. Mm. What can I do to calm in the way that I relate to it? Through the body, through the verbal, through the thoughts, you know, through the way I pay attention. But this word, fabrication, translation of the Pali word, sankara, as I says, sankara means to be put together. Oh, how's this being put together? Really kind of important, insightful question we can have to our experience. Oh, how's this being put together? This moment, oh, this feels like a nice moment. How's that put together? Through the body, through the verbal, through the attentional. Oh, yeah. This feels really troublesome, agitating. How's that put together? Oh yeah, there's a pattern of thinking here. There's a way I'm holding the body. It kind of gives us this access point to play with the experience. Hey, yes. Yeah. I think you got there just first. <laughs> About, so the, you'd like me to say more about bringing the energy down, do you mean about when to do it, or how to do it, or both? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. So this is, this can be helpful when, um, when we feel agitated, also might be helpful when we feel anxious, which is a type of agitation, interesting, in life, the Buddha puts them together, restlessness, calls it restlessness and worry, restlessness and anxiety, agitation. Um, and that we can, we can um, that the reason that kind of there's this encouragement is often what happens is that our energy gets very dispersed when we're feeling anxious and it goes up into the head, right? We experience things as, um, experience it as a lot of thinking or a lot of energy buzzing, usually higher up um, in, in, the, uh, in the body. And so, 
the, the sense of grounding can be, can be really helpful. Um, so we might do it, well, we do it with some, we can say some degree of imagination, right? But we've just, that's why the seeing the breath as energy is so helpful, <laughs> because it allows that. And so um, we might imagine breathing down. Um, you might still want to breathe in normally <laughs> from the nose, or you might imagine it coming in from the top of the head. But the important thing is you're breathing down and out through the feet. So you're actually imagining the breath going down and out uh, through the feet or anywhere else that feels comfortable. Yeah, so a sense of breathing downwards. And in that downwards, you're making contact um, with, the, with the ground um, and your grounding. Um, it might be if you're sitting um, that equally you imagine, you know, the, the energy um, or the breath coming out of the buttocks, yeah, or out of any, any of the base of the body, right? Whatever feels like it's, it's grounding you and rooting you um, and, and supporting the energy to come deeply uh, into the body um, with a downward kind of trajectory. Um, and you might not do it with the breath at all. Sometimes it's just enough to just bring the attention. Yeah, kind of the breath in a way is a vehicle for our attention. So um, you might just bring the attention to the feet. Incredibly helpful thing to learn to do. Yeah, when you're agitated, when you're angry, um, when you're upset, yeah, really helpful. Along with the breath, uh, the bringing, the, bringing the attention to the feet. Um, and then naturally, that's what happens. Does that respond to your question? Can, can I just add a couple of yeah, things of just before that? Thanks. Um, so we started with with something before to kind of just to kind of put that in the same place. Like something we did early on in one of the meditations was you kind of can imagine that the feet aren't just sitting on the earth like this, like they're kind of temporary things. Like a tree, they can kind of root down into the earth and if your imagination is ready for some playfulness basically like Zara was saying this kind of patience perseverance playfulness what would it be like to kind of imagine that you know well there are roots rooted down and that kind of grounding element can be really helpful when there's a lot of agitation it's like there's kind of a storm going through it's like, oh, but I'm rooted down and those roots maybe go really wide or nice and deep I also find it's not impossible to imagine if my eyes are closed in particular maybe I'm actually buried up to the waist so these are actually already roots you know my legs are actually roots and I'm rooted down from there and it just all roots out from there and that feels really kind of supportive um, uh, yeah and another thing that you can do is say you know can we bring that into walking in the, I think it's in the kind of the Chinese idea around where the center of a being is. You know, we kind of have this idea, the center of the being is up here somewhere located behind the major kind of sense organs. And, you know, we kind of, we live up here somewhere close to the brain. But that's a concept, right? <laughs> there isn't actually more awareness there than anything else. You know, there's loads of sensitivity in the fingertips. But we don't think, I am in the fingertips and, you know, uh, live from there. But you could. So we can actually play with that. Maybe I do. You know, maybe I am really in the fingertips. Oh yeah, I really am in the fingertips. Or I'm also in the fingertips, you know, however you want to do it. Or it's like, you know, they have this, is it called Dantian kind of point down here? You know, it's like you live from there. When you walk, you could imagine, actually I'm centered down here. 
still aware of all this stuff, but really centered down here. Um, so again, playfulness is a cultural thing that we've adopted. Oh, human beings live up in the, in the attic room. You know, they don't live through the whole of the body. And so this third verse there, you know, sensitive to the whole body. So I would say, if you can just feel, just going to feel like I'm coming from here. Yeah? And if you feel like you're up here pretending that you're down here, that can, be, that can actually create a bit of tension. So I really, it's like, I'm going to walk as if I'm from here with a sense of playfulness. If it feels good, you can kind of uh, use that. And that can be another way of coming down in that sense. Yeah, yeah so great. Bringing it into the swimming is really, really great. And then, yeah, then we can just transfer that across. So the, the question is related to sleepiness and energy kind of dropping down and um, a real alive exploration between, well, should I stand up, bring a bit more intensity, brightness and, and vitality into the practice at times, or should I actually just go and have a rest, have a sleep, really go into that kind of deeper rejuvenation of you know, kind of unplugging <laughs> the system, not trying to work through it. Okay. Um, shall I carry on? Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually mentioned in the group yesterday, you know, it's like, it's a bit of a cop-out kind of thing to say, but yeah, both. <laughs> both are really good to do, aren't they? Um, so, what I would probably say is, you know, if you don't normally have a siesta after lunch, maybe think about that, including that into the schedule here, you know, so you have naps and have those kind of rejuvenation times. Um, when there's a meditation in general, seeing to come here and see, can I play with that? You know, if it's, if it's not impossible for, for someone to stay awake, maybe it's worth giving it a go and actually see what I do, how that impacts things, because there's a, there's a kind of a delicate balance here. And just to kind of speak in general about conditions, non-personal conditions, like I think most human beings these days are more tired, you know, than they optimally would be. You know, we don't sleep that well, we worry too much, and we um, tend to kind of worry about not having done enough and then start doing more towards the end of the day and then kind of like create an agitated mind that then and it's like, but now I'm finished, I need to go to bed. And it's like, still worrying, worrying, worrying. And at some point in the morning, maybe it says, duka, duka, duka. oh, I've stopped. <laughs> Time to get up. And, and it's like ramping it back up. So we kind of are out of sync. So using a retreat as a time for nice early bedtimes and staying in bed, even if we're not fully asleep and getting that rest, having a nap, even if we kind of don't fall asleep, but just really resting and supporting that rhythm might help us to re-regulate the other side of things which is interesting and makes it more tricky is that sometimes the heart and mind say, I'm tired because they don't want to go there. They don't want to make the effort or they're worried about what, what, what I might find. You know, like going into the attic of the, <laughs> of the, you know, in the basement of the heart and mind. It's like, oh, I shouldn't go in there. Actually, bedtime. <laughs> you know. um, there's that side. Uh, and, and another side to that, which is actually you know, you come in a meditation retreat 
we're less, we have a busy life, less busy here, wrap ourselves up in a nice blanket, close the eyes, body, heart, mind, could be easily forgiven for thinking it's bedtime. And so it says, okay, unplug, shut down, <laughs> you know, we're, yeah, I recognize this. <laughs> it's quite warm, it's quite pleasant, it's quite dark. <laughs> we're not moving about bedtime. And so, you know, the system goes in that direction, right? So getting enough rest is definitely important because we want to regulate that. And then playing in that field to say, actually, it's okay for me to go and explore the attic, the basement. Okay, it's, it's not bedtime. It's actually brightening time. And kind of maybe through the posture, we exhibit that, like you suggested, a bit of standing can really help with that. Uh, the other qualities that Zah mentioned earlier, you know, the brightness. If I see the breath as actually being quite bright, quite white, quite enlivening, maybe filling the spine and really supporting that uprightness in the posture. Um, also taking off a blanket so it's a little bit chillier, you know, it's not, it doesn't look like bedtime to the body, you know, it's like, hey. <laughs> you know, and, and so that also brings a little bit of brightness, not to get you know, cold or make ourselves ill, but just to kind of bring an edge to the thing at times. Um, but yeah, circling back to the beginning again. Bit of both, definitely trying both. Um, and the patience, the playfulness, the perseverance really actually comes in skillfully with tiredness. If the tiredness is dependent, we notice actually on a sense of boredom, like they're, oh, you know, I've done this, I've been there, there's nothing more to do, you know, so then increasing that interest. In that if there's boredom for any of us any of the time, not saying that this is a condition f- for you in, in this, it's like, what's boredom really like? You know, it's the, it is the kind of unexplored territory, you know, the, the deepest rainforests or the Mariana Trench at the bottom of the ocean. It's like many people haven't explored boredom we just say, oh yeah, it's boredom, we don't go there. And so as a meditator, we say, oh, I wonder what's in there. What's boredom made of? And the interesting thing is if you start bringing interest into boredom, it can't maintain itself. It's fabricated on being boring. And you say, I'm really interested in you, what do you like? It's like, poof. <laughs> oh, it's just calmness, it's just peace. It's really nice. You know, so the interest plus can be, can be really effective there. Yeah, I'll just uh, add um, that, yeah, kind of base your exploration on your knowledge of yourself and your circumstances. So if you know, and some some people here know that they've arrived sleep deprived, (laughs) yeah, or you haven't slept well yet since being here, things like that, then yeah, that's definitely an indication, yeah, let's take a bit more rest. but it is very interesting because, you know, like any other experience, tiredness is also fabricated. So then it's, it's uh, but and, and maybe, yeah, the, the one piece that I'll add that Nathan touched on, but just to emphasize, is that um, look at the aversion. The aversion in tiredness is a really key factor. Yeah. So we don't like it, it's unpleasant, then we're aversive to it, that actually feeds the tiredness. Yeah, so it's it's just interesting to to look at that, um, and 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 as Nathan said, bringing the interest. That's also what it does. It's we can't, but interest and aversion don't work well together. 
So um, as we bring in more interest, the aversion goes down and often there'll be more energy as a result. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're really referring beautifully to the, the identification. Yeah, we believe something and then that becomes the entirety of the reality and the possibilities. And so if we just say, you know, I sometimes have just the image of a question mark. <laughs> I don't even verbalize. That was a good example of verbal fabrication, by the way, that you were giving. But I just have an image of a question mark next to whatever it is that I... Um, I'm believing in that moment and then that helps create some space and opens up other possibilities. So we've gotten to the end of our time. So unless there's a um, kind of another question. Yeah. So if we're, if you're, uh, sorry, repeat the question. How is tiredness fabricated? Because it feels so real and it feels so physical and it feels like, yeah. So if you reflect on your own experience, have you ever had an experience of feeling really, really tired, yeah, like really nodding off, and then the circumstances change, either time passes, you haven't had a chance, you couldn't, you haven't had a chance to have a nap, time passes, circumstances change, and suddenly you have more energy. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's what you're describing very beautifully, yeah, the contraction, the hunching down, and the, uh, and the kind of the fixating on the solution to that experience of tiredness, what will take it away <laughs> is having a nap. And, and as Nathan was saying before, it's a very tricky area because we don't want anyone walking out of here thinking, you know, tiredness is a, a complete illusion, we should just <laughs> ignore it. Yeah, it, like pain, you know, pain is also fabricated, but it's also an alert system that our body has to tell us that we need to do something uh, a lot of the time, right? So the same with tiredness. So it is a mechanism, but it's fabricated, um, you know, both from physical conditions, right? Like they're also fabrications of how much I slept and how late it is and um, how well I slept, um, but also how we're responding. So it can be a really interesting, you, you, you mentioned those things, what if, um, you know, that, that the next time it appears, and certainly in a retreat situation, you, you just notice that, notice that you're believing it, it's 100% real, and in that belief there's an identification, and just open out uh, the possibilities, you know, change the posture, yeah, relax the contraction uh, as much as you can, invite it to relax or relax around it. Um, and, and bring the attention somewhere else, yeah, or bring, uh, or bring interest. And, it, you know, I'm saying this as someone who's explored this a lot. <laughs> so it is really fascinating, you know. I mean, I, I now have a habit when I'm on retreat, and you've probably heard me saying this before, I come and meditate after lunch, which is when I'm most tired, yeah. I come and meditate, and it's become, over time, that's become like one of my most fruitful meditations most of the time. And actually, I... You know, so it's a different, I've, there's a, a different conditioning has been created that most of the time now I'm not tired anymore. I always used to be. Nothing else has changed except the attitude and then the perseverance. <laughs> I had to do it <laughs> for a while to, to get the benefits. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question to kind of really stay with and, and just uh, how, is, how is tiredness fabricated? Um, and what, what, can, what can be changed in the attitude, in the way I'm relating to it, and what I'm doing to, to open up more possibilities. 
Thank you. So I, I just say one thing additionally to it is, you know, we use this word fabricated um, because it's kind of um, helpful um, as it fits into the teachings, you know, on the long haul. So, so on the whole, so the, the, the teachings of the Buddha is to head towards something that's not fabricated. But what we'll see actually is that everything that we experience normally is actually fabricated. And so sometimes it's useful to use a different word than fabricated to make that a little more accessible. So we've been saying dukkha is a conditioned experience. There are conditions which condition it being worse or better, and therefore we have this kind of way of playing with it. Which is, we could also say dukkha is a fabricated experience. In what way is it fabricated? So we're actually, if you say my tiredness doesn't have any conditions, nothing is conditioning my tiredness and nothing will condition my non-tiredness. Right? That, wouldn't, that would make no sense because we know I'm tired because I stayed up too late or I'm tired because you know, I've done too many things and I've used up all my energy. So it's conditioned, it's a conditioned state. There are causes and conditions which led to it. And there are causes and conditions I can do that will ease it. Right? So that's what we're saying is tiredness is a fabricated state. But what we're kind of dropping in through that statement is the kind of things that are just beautifully expressed, which is actually the way I relate to it. Also, it's fabricating it in this moment. How it appears, it's not independent of the mood that I have. And you'll notice, you know, sometimes it's like, I suddenly remember, oh, I've got to get up early tomorrow morning. And then I suddenly got much more tired. You know, it's like, oh, wow. And you just notice, oh, so that's fabricated by wake-up time. Or what I have to do tomorrow. Or it's like, oh, I've got to go, oh. And the energy just drops, you know. So you just see how it's fabricated by the mind. But we also understand how it's fabricated by our life. And that's why it's such a rich kind of exploration because there could be something physical we can do and we should do those physical things you know go to sleep have a nap but also in the meantime we play with the heart and the mind how I'm meeting this rebuilding it or softening and easing it you know if you suddenly start dropping in it's like I love getting up early in the morning he's like yeah I do <laughs> and he's like oh I'm back back recharged how strange or it's like Actually, it's going to be difficult meeting that person, but those challenges, they open me. They build, they build my capacity to be the kind of person who I want to be. It's like, yes, that is an opportunity. And boom, energy comes back. So it's just seeing how it's fabricated in all kinds of ways doesn't mean it's just, oh, it's fake. Fabricated means it's conditioned by other things. So there's possibilities. Thank you. Thank you, so Thank you all. We have 20 minutes before the sitting. <laughs> agitated enjoy thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and dharma seed please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate